Hello and welcome to Voice of Restoration, a broadcast outreach of the Christian Brethren Church, bringing you Bible-based teachings from author and Bible teacher, Pastor Afolabi Oladeli. Is the chamber a place of retrogression? A place of the loss of dreams? This is the struggle of many of us. No, it is not a place of retrogression. Rather, it is a place of knowing the two planes or dimensions of influence that exist. And it's a place where you make a choice. You are faced with the making of a choice of which one you want to pursue. And if you are still there today, I pray the Lord will cause you to make up your mind. Amen. Some of us have passed it. And to the glory of God, it's not as though I consciously walked into it. What things I say, I say just for your sakes, not for anything. I sat in the council of those who were writing the policies for Obasanjo after he was elected. Because every, everything in consensus pointed to the fact that if there was going to be a group managing director of NMPC, this is the man. We walked night and day. I had meetings in the transition between uh, Abdul Salami and himself and so on and so forth. Three days! So the time the announcement was to be made, what came around, this has been taken off you. I didn't understand it. People thought, everybody around me, people and so on and so forth and so on. I'll never forget Sylvester Adedara, a true brother. She's the only one who, and my wife are the people who will know her. When this thing came, was I shaking? I don't know. I don't even remember. People came. Let's go and meet Ajibola, who is a friend of Obasanjo, and go and talk to him. Some said, let's go and give money to, uh, what is the woman who died? Obasanjo's wife who died. Uh, Stella. Uh, Stella who died. Let's go and give money to her and so on. So, uh, me. Where would I say I got the money I want to give to her? You can laugh. But when God makes you to face a decision... But I bless his name forever because it wasn't my decision to take. It was his. He took me through it. And what the glory of the office, the power that went with it and so on and so forth, it looked like it went away. But it's a choice that I have come home to. And I bless the Lord because that's not the place of influence he wants for me. I'd rather be poor and stand with my God. So when we speak, I have never spoken to you in this manner, but time calls for it. Because many of you are drifting in directions that my heart bleeds. Because you don't know what you are drawing with. In the chamber, it is not a place of retrogression. It is not a place of killing our dreams. It is a place of understanding the dual dimension in which God will cause you to see. You want this world, you can have it. And you go with the world. Or you can be my instrument. And it will be the man of influence that I want you to be. Paul was faced with that situation. And that's why he said, let's go back to you know, finish that scripture so I don't miss it. Praise the Lord. Are you with me? Yes, and I have said nothing here to glorify self, but I, I must make you see, particularly those of you who are somewhat, who think
thing that the things that you have been endowed with in this world is for flaunting. It's for you to be like the Joneses. There is something that is coming. When I've done, when I'm done tomorrow, you will understand what I'm saying to you. Look, <laughs> the most sane of men, the most sane of men can be deceived. As I will show you, it was age that dimmed the eyes of Isaac. Isaac had no sin. When you began to count the life of Isaac, you wouldn't find anything to count against him. But when his eyes became dim, every other senses he was deceived. And that's why I'm speaking with such venom that all of you who are here in this world that consider yourself to be somewhat, be careful because you can be deceived by the things that you think you have in your hands. I'm coming back to that tomorrow. Let's go. Praise the Lord. Hebrews 11:24. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, mm. esteeming the reproach of Christ That's, greater said, than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Esteeming that enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. I'm not even speaking of sin now. I'm even speaking of enjoying the fleeting pleasures that we see all around us. It was like a trance. As you saw that water moving at the, force, as, as, at the speed of a plane, and you saw all the things that men glorified themselves in, all the things that men measured themselves by in a twinkle of an eye, they just were moving. They were moving. They were moving. And the question asked me, then what is of value in all that they have labored for? We are taking stock. We are taking stock. A sober moment for me and for all of us. Because we are on a timed mission now. On a timed mission. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Yes, brother? But Esteeming the reproach of Christ's greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. I want you to see, in English, say comparing and contrasting. I told you there were two dimensions. Two dimensions of influence that you are faced with in that chamber and you have a choice to make. You have a choice to make. Young woman, you have a choice to make. Young man, in the days of your strength is the time that, that's the time when you make that choice. And if you have that opportunity today, don't throw it away. You will find, oh glory, because it's not a question of killing ambition. The same ambition that Paul, that drove Paul in seeking the place that was highest in the land was the same ambition that God turned to, to advantage. And he went forth, said, putting aside all things, I press for the mark of the high calling. I said, Christ Jesus. For the mark of, in the same manner in which he pressed and pressed and pressed for what the world could give, for what the system could give, for what could earn him recognition in the, in the Atlas system. The same passion, the same ambition, the same drive turned into what he was doing when he was in the hands of the Lord. So it wasn't a loss. It simply was a change. 
but the choice was a choice that he had to make. It's your choice. It's your choice. It's your choice. It's your choice. Many of you are saying, oh, it's easy to say that. Oh, he's rich and so on and so forth. But God sees my heart. And I said it to you in Proverbs. There is that maketh himself rich. And he has nothing. But there is that is poor. That is at all things. And I said it to you in Proverbs. <laughs> Look at me. I'd rather choose to make myself poor. By pouring everything like you sang in the song. The glories of my heart I'll pour at his feet. They are sacrificed for you, master. Take anything you want. Even when he's not wanting, I'm ready to throw away that it doesn't grow on my head and I lose a vision of where he's taking me. Glory to Jesus. Let's continue. Paul came to the conclusion that fulfillment and actualization is not realized on self or system determined goals. Let's go now to Philippians chapter 3. Praise the Lord. Mm, this is drawing long. I'm supposed, I do not intend to speak for more than one hour, and so we can spend some time praying. But give me Philippians 3. Philippians 3. Yes. Uh, give me verse, from verse 9a and go to the Amplified. I don't want any. Verse 9a. Yes. That, that, I, that I may actually be found and known as in him. Yes. Not having any self achieved righteousness. Not having any self achieved righteousness that can be called my own that was what was driving him that was the mark that was what i would call uh, the, the the recommendation what will recommend him before the face of those who will put him in position that i may actually be found and known as in him not in any other thing not having itself achieved righteousness that can be called my own based on my obedience to the law's demands Actual ritualistic uprightness and supposed right standing with God does acquire, but possessing that genuine righteousness which comes through faith in Christ, the anointed one, the truly right standing with God which comes from God by saving faith. He knew there was a difference and he chose that which was in the hands of God to pursue and to go where he was going. I've spoken concerning Moses. And I'm saying to all of us this question because we are taking stock. Who is able to endure the choice of the king's chamber, the call to be made poor as he himself did? What am I prepared to give up to fulfill God's appointed destiny as opposed to the, what the system is willing to give me or what, the, what my parents are demanding of me or what my parents have self-determined? I am not against education. I've come to the education that to the conclusion that education is just a tool to make me ready for whatever God wants me to be. If I had to send my children all over again, they know he, uh, the elder pastor, uh, talks, and they know with how with tears I went before God. When the brightest of my sons, he just said one day, in the office where he was working in the United States, this is a guy who graduated cum laude, whatever it was, ready to go to graduate school to be, to be in NASA. And then he said, no, sir, this is not what God called me to. I am going to Bible school. 
I said, you can, don't you see me? I am walking and I'm still preaching. You can do the same. He said, no, sir. That's not what God called me to. What did it take you people to just get me comforted? It can happen to anybody. I'm simply saying to you, is it the poorer for it today? No. When I hear testimonies of the sermons that this boy preaches, <laughs> no, I can't call him boy anymore. When I listen to his ministration, I don't know why, whether it was what they did or so on, the ministration that he gave on his graduation day, I was crying. Said, what? Where does he know these things from? When he went to stay with his peers in Arizona, at the time he left, they all were, ah, what has happened to our face? This fellow is lost to God. I had to rethink my life also in the chamber of the king where do you I want my influence to be felt the most in this world or in the things of the eternal we are all at that door today every young man every young woman every one of you sitting and listening to this world you are at that door today you have a choice to make. Because this world is going where it's going. My earnest prayer each day, even all morning before coming here today, I said, Lord, let me not fail you in misrepresenting your heart to the people. Because I fear, I shudder, that many of you look at what you see on the outside and think that is what you want to be. What you see on the outside is not what you want to be. Let God take you into his dimension and understand what he wants you to be and pursue that. Praise the Lord. Let's move forward. Moses went through that. And I'm asking you today, let us press on now to see the confluence of relationship and ministry. We've spent enough time understanding what happened in the chamber and the choice that you have to make whether <laughs> it's all earthly accumulations or just serving the master's purpose in acts 18 1 to 3 we are going to spend all the time in acts chapter 18 because it tells a story that's good for all of us young and old minister or no minister every man that has a heart for God in the hour in which we are. Let us present, uh, shows, Acts 1 to 3, shows that doing life together is to enhance our capacity to influence others. I'll say that again. Doing life with others has only one purpose. It is to enhance my capacity to influence the others that I'm doing life with. Proverbs 27, 7. Quickly, please. Proverbs 27, 7. 
Proverbs 27, 7. Yeah? The full soul loaded and honeycomb. Hmm. But to the hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet. Is that the scripture? Mark 4, 13. Huh? Go on. Mark, 4, Mark, Mark 3, 14. Mark 3, 14. I'm not sure that I wrote that scripture right there. Mark 3, 14. Mark 3, 14. Yeah. And he ordained 12 that they should be uh -huh. with him. Uh -huh. And that he might send them forth yes. to preach. Yes. He ordained them to go and do what? To preach. I'm simply saying that there is a coins, there is a relay. There is a handing over to, and you then take it to somebody else. This is what we began to see in what was happening here between Saul, Paul, and Priscilla and, and Aquila. It was what I would call an incidental acquaintance. acquaintance. Huh? But even that incidental acquaintance, because he came, as we read it in that chapter 18, verse 1 to 3, he simply landed in the ground. He went and saw them, that there were people who were tent makers like him, and he joined them. But that incidental meeting became an opportunity for this man to pour his life, to pour the things that he knew into their lives. That's the point I'm trying to get you to see. That every incidental opportunity, a relationship that is incidental, you can make it to have lasting influence by you nurturing them intentionally with an end in mind and only one end. And unfortunately, even we, we miss that end. We miss what that end is to be. Paul saw something in Aquila and Priscilla that warranted the investment of his time, of his passion, and of his person. Let me first of all talk about the qualities so that I don't lose you. It was an incidental meeting. But Paul saw something in these people that occasioned him to want to pour his life into them. But Paul, in doing it, had only one thing in mind. We will see what that one thing is. Because I need by the Spirit of the Lord to deal with one matter concerning mentorship amongst us here. It's a sound and God-ordained principle. But we can miss it if we don't know the end to which God ordained it. But let's move forward here. Paul saw something in these people. What did he see? What are the qualities that each one of us who have been called to be mentors, what should we be looking for as qualities in others that will make them to be suitable candidates like Priscilla and Aquila, like they were? 2 Timothy chapter 1. I'm just, I'm skipping now. Let's just take them, cut, cut it, cut it, cut it, cut it. Uh, give me verse 5 and verse 6, and then verse 13 and verse 14. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that was in thee. That was unfeigned faith that was in this man. Which dwelleth first in thy grandmother Lois. Now, just go to verse 6. You have recognized one. Unfeigned faith. No, I, can you give me 
that particular verse in the Amplified. It says it better. Aha. Uh -huh. Verse 5. Uh, yes. I am, calling, I am calling up memories of yes. your sincere and unqualified faith. The learning of your entire personality. The learning, not the learning. The learning. Your, the learning of your entire personality on God, in Christ, in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom. So if, if the man, if, does this scripture suggest that if Timothy was broke, it is Paul that has to find money for him? I saw in you I am calling up memories of your sincere and unqualified faith. That unqualified faith it then says, the leaning of your entire personality on God in Christ, in absolute trust and confidence in the power of Paul? In what Paul can provide for him? No. Paul knew that this one is not coming to be a parasite. There is hunger in his heart. Hunger in his heart. Hunger in his heart. The faith of God. So that if the time of hunger came, the man knew we had to turn to. He knew we had to look to. He knew we had to look for. Not, and then he doesn't begin to ride roughshod on the man who is his mentor. I'm coming, so I'm going somewhere. But I need you to see, we are talking about what are the qualities. So that when we are raising children, we are not raising vagabonds. Who will trample on you the day you cannot put money on the table for them? Who will curse you behind your back? Who will speak evil concerning your wickedness? And even genuine, wicked, genuine weaknesses in your life, the day you cannot answer to their needs is the day that they expose you. Thank God we have nothing to hide amongst you here. Praise the Lord. Unqualified faith. Leaning of your entire personality on God in Christ. Let us who are called to mentor begin to understand the patterns that are set in the world. So that we don't run amok. We don't make a mess of the lives of the people we say we are mentoring. And those and, the, and indeed the work that we have called to do. This, this tonight for me, after this night, if you don't want to fast anymore, fine. This is it. Because if we cannot deal with this in terms of the personal choice that I have to make with respect to the dimension in which God's I want influence to be felt. If I cannot deal with the issue of running together because in talking about these things, I'm dealing with the aspect of effectiveness of ministry. Go on, brother. Um, wait, it fits. That first lived permanently in the heart of your grandmother. Forget his grandmother and forget his mother. The thing is Verse to understand six. what is in his. Yes. That mm. is why I will remind you to stir up. Yes. Kindle the embers of fun. Yes. The blame of. Yes. And keep burning. Yes. The gracious gift of God. The inner fire that is in you by means of the laying on of my hands. In other words, this man already had what? There was something within him that was already inside. There was something that was already inside. There was something that was already inside. And all the mentor had to do was to be a catalyst. To cause it to burn. 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 Stop wasting your time trying to deposit what is not there.
Thanks for listening. Join us again on Friday for the concluding part of today's sermon. If you want further information on what you have heard on today's episode, please call 0803-3628-796 or visit us online at tcbc.org.ng.